Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Women's Running Podcast. Melbound became a bit of a running institution some time ago in the West Country, someone we at Women's Running have known for a long time. We're based in Bath and she's just 15 minutes away in Bristol. But these days, Mel is truly global. She set up This Mum Runs a little over five years ago and in that time she's gone from leading a modest running group to inspiring thousands of women globally to run regularly for their physical and mental health. This Mum Runs is now the largest running community for mums. With free weekly runs, coaching plans and a clothing range that you actually want to wear, Mel is on a mission to empower women to be happier and healthier. While the community grows ever larger, with groups in more and more cities internationally, Mel has now supplemented the real-life runs with the This Mum Runs app giving runners all the advice and coaching they need to run 30 minutes non-stop. We spoke to Mel Bound back in September 2019, just before the launch of the app. We got together in her kitchen in Bristol to chat about how she launched This Mum Runs and her own experience of sport and running, and how a life-changing operation and the arrival of her two kids prompted her to leave a message on a Facebook group imploring women to join her for a run. Mel is a true women's running hero and someone who regularly wins awards from our own community, proving what an inspirational woman she is. Her passion for running and for empowering women to embrace sport is tangible. We hope to speak to her again on a future pod because chances are she's got a few more ideas up her sleeve. Have you got the latest copy of Women's Running? If you're missing it, the easiest way to get hold of a copy is to go to our online shop at shop.womensrunning.co.uk or you could get it delivered direct to your door every month by subscribing. If you prefer instant access, then digital is for you. You can buy the digital edition at pocketmags.com or download the app to your phone or tablet via your app store and you can read it straight away wherever you are. For all the different ways to read the magazine, go to shop. Um, okay, 
so I'm in Mel Brown's kitchen with Mel Brown. Hello. Hello, Mel. Welcome to my kitchen. Thanks. It's really nice. I'm very jealous of it. Lovely coffee. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> so we're just here just to have a chat. Yeah. Um, good. And just to talk about um, the amazing Mel and what she's been doing and how she became Mel and... How she got a name that resonates so brilliantly Could it be with her career. Well, perfectly picked husband. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. it's not your... Oh, <clears> that's my husband's name. Oh, well done. Did you choose yeah. him just for... That's the only reason. Well, actually, it was, I wanted to be... I've always wanted to be Mel B. Um, <laughs> so there we go. I have, there have been a lot of emails at work where I have referred to you as Mel B. Okay. And I just realised that... I'm not that scary, though. No, you're... Well, a little bit. Am I scary? No, you're not. <laughs> I probably not. So, um... Mel lives here in Bristol, um, which is useful for me because I live in Bath. Very handy. Very handy. Um, and Mel, unless you've been hiding under all sorts of rocks, is the founder of This Mum Runs. Yeah. Um, which is a community that's very close to our hearts at Women's Running. Um, it's massive. Yeah. How many people have you got now? <clears throat> 80,000. 80,000? Yeah. And globally, so it globally. started here, didn't it? It started outside my little local park. Did it? Um, yeah, just, well, it started with me um, after having my kids. And uh, so how many years ago? So we're five years old in November. Um, yeah, which is actually crazy because I have a five-year-old. So it's yeah. um, hard to imagine doing this with him when he was still a baby mm. and I was still at home on maternity leave um yeah and it's and it's started because I'd got I'd had my kids um I'd also after having my daughter who's now nine I'd injured my back quite badly and um had a year of living on painkillers and then eventually managed to find a really understanding surgeon who realized and understood the impact it was having on my life Whisk, what was wrong whisk, with your I had back? a slip disc. Oh. Um, but it was impinging on my nerve in my leg. And um, so I had uh, severe, severe sciatica in my left leg. Mm-hmm. And um, just, I was existing on a cocktail of the most horrendous painkillers, um, which made me feel like a zombie. And, and actually, I've, I've spoken to um, people that I was working with through that period and I've said to them, God, did you not? I think I was really weird because I wasn't myself and it took all of my energy just to stay awake because of the side effects of the painkillers. And they said they didn't notice, which is a bit worrying. But um, I, yeah, so that, it was a kind of year of existing with the pain. And then um, my the physio I was seeing said, you need to see a neurosurgeon. And that, I, I, that never even occurred to me that that was what might need to happen yeah. and um so he gave me the name of someone and I went to see him and he said you need surgery and um he actually put me to the top of his emergency surgery which is list. quite rare with slip discs is it uh it they I think they they operate as a last resort yeah um and they try to deal with it with um either osteopathy or physio or in my case both of those things but also a lot of painkillers so they mm-hmm. just deal with the symptoms rather than actually trying to uh get to the root of the problem yeah 
Um, so I had to, I paid privately for a scan, paid privately for the appointment. You know, I was lucky to be able to do that. Um, but the surgeon put me to the top of his NHS list. Wow. And within two weeks, I was in, I'd had the surgery. What do they do? They removed the disc. Really? Mm. Do they replace it with anything? Or mm. is that, does that mean it's just bone it's, on bone? It's fused, yeah. And um, they also, he also did quite a lot of, because the... Um, there was so much damage in the in the in the sheath around the um, nerve mm. that he needed to clear all of that out as well because it was just basically mm. squashed, which is why I was getting so much pain in my leg. Yeah. yeah, so he sorted all of that out, and I woke up and there was no pain. Um, but I'd lost a lot of confidence, and um, and also I was horrendously unfit because I I'd stopped doing any exercise because of having children but mm. also because I was in pain and so I couldn't and um so then that started a year of rehab I had an amazing trainer locally and she built me up built my confidence up also what did we did a lot of work on my core and my lower back strength mm. and um but what I really wanted to get back to was running and I was terrified that it was all going to happen again and um she I remember her saying to me look you're strong enough to do this now I was like, but I'm so scared. What happened? Yeah. Whatever happens again, I'm so mm. I'm so unfit. And I didn't know where to start. Yeah, and uh, she said, you just need to find another mum that can that feels as unfit as you, and um, and that can do this at the same times that you have available. Which, let's face it, when you're a mum, are you know either late at night or yeah. <laughs> early in the morning. And um, so I so yeah, I went home from that session and put a post on Facebook to find a running buddy mm. and got a lot of response. And so I thought, okay, well then maybe let's just go and start something. And, um, it was November. So it was the worst possible time <laughs> to do this. Yeah. And, um, the night we'd agreed to meet, it was raining. It was dark. Something good was on telly. And I said to my husband, oh, maybe, maybe I'll just stay home and have a glass of wine instead. And he was literally pushing me out the door. And I, th- I didn't think anyone would turn up. And 75 women turned up to that first meeting. That is amazing. Which was quite a moment. I mean, to be fair, your Facebook must be pretty pretty toppy if you get 75 women out of that. It wasn't my personal Facebook. Was it, it was not? No, it was, um, it was into a, like a local mum's community on Facebook. That's incredible. Yeah, so these weren't women I knew. These were just... Just women that were desperate. To yeah. Run. Yeah. Yeah. And we and they kind of looked at me and were like, wait, what are we doing? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Should we just go down the road a bit? <laughs> so we ran for about 10 minutes down the road and came back. But everyone everyone was so euphoric, oh, wow. um, hugging. And I think it was the euphoria of being out of the house without a buggy and without, a, you know, your nappy bag with all your millions of mm-hmm. bits and pieces you have to remember for the kids. And we didn't talk about our kids for half an hour. And... Um, you know, when you've got when you've got young children, that's actually quite hard to find. Yeah, you go to go to <clears throat> mum's groups, and the only thing you've got in common is your kid, your kids. And so so you just talk about kids. Just talk about your kids. Yeah. And um, they're, they're great kids, aren't they? They're, they're awesome. Really boring as well at the same time. But <laughs> you know, there's there's like somehow you kind of lose the person you were before Absolutely. you had kids, and yeah. And you, I, aside from losing running and that part of my identity, I'd. I also felt like I'd just lost my identity completely and I'd just become my children's mum and mm. half the people I met didn't even know my name. They just, oh, I was so-and-so's so mum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think that's, 
I think that's why we were so excited. And um, yeah, that's where it started. That's amazing. So um, what was your running like before then? Oh, that's what we were going to talk about. We were going to talk about school. I want to know about your experience at school because I think it's, I think your experiences of school and um, a sport generally can be, it's probably vastly different from mine, for instance. But I know that um, it's something that, because we were talking about this just the other day, weren't we? And it's, um, it's something that I'm passionate about exploring with women's running and the readership. Um, kind of trying to get to the root of girls at school and having this terrible experience which either makes them not do sport um, or, or stop doing sport for, for a really long time. But I think people's experiences can be can be equally bad. Women's experience, girls' experience can be equally bad for very, very different reasons. Like mm. Mine was bad because I wasn't sporty. No matter kind of my height, everyone will look at me and just go, oh, yeah, you've got legs, you can run. Goalkeeper. Yeah, exactly, all of that. Yeah. Um, but I was also asthmatic. You know, that didn't mm-hmm. help. <laughs> so I was also chronically asthmatic. Oh. Um, and it's not easy being wheezy. It's not easy being wheezy. And um, I, this is back in the day before before inhalers. I don't know what medication you had when you were a kid. Really? not have inhalers. I... Yeah, I won't. I won't say what it involved, but it was not an inhaler. Wow. Yeah. So it was. It was hard, and but luckily I had a very enlightened GP who said to my parents, "Actually, the best thing you can do for her is um, get her as active as possible." Mm. Um, so my parents embraced that, and every possible opportunity to get me active they that's what they did were they quite sporty uh, n- no neither of them are sporty um so but they you know obviously wanted um they they wanted to help my asthma and so um so that so that was the start of it but also i went to a primary school just a kind of bog standard state primary school but ha- that happened to have a dedicated pe teacher which is very rare mm. i mean in these days that just it just doesn't exist does yeah. it and um he, mr lee he was called and um so we we spent a lot of time doing pe with someone who could actually teach pe mm. and um we had a massive playing field and um you know all summer long we'd be doing athletics and um we played netball and football and you know we it was just part of the school's culture yeah um and so it became part of me from a very young age. And um, so I, even at primary school, I was um, regularly out running. And um, my next door neighbour as well, she's a lady called Sharon. She, she was our babysitter. She was really glamorous. And um, she used to go out for regular runs in a hot pink jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. Like, really made up. I just re- and I just was like, oh my God. So I used to go running with her around yeah. our village, and um, so just every day I was I was active, and um, and then when I went to secondary school, I went so I went to a girls' school, and uh, my experience was quite interesting, I think, because I was the sporty kid, mm. and um, I was the one who got picked for teams, um, and I played, you know pretty much every sport they put in front of me I played mm. um and uh my mum spent most of her weekends dragging you know driving me around to county uh, county hockey and county netball and tennis and tennis clubs and <clears throat> it must have been like 
tedious for her in the extreme, but that's what she spent her time doing. Yeah. Um, and But what I think I felt at school very, very keenly, even at a very young age, was a profound sense of unfairness for the girls who... Um, who tried? Who actually really enjoyed sport? Who tried really hard, um, but just didn't get picked. Yeah, um, and were just kind of ignored uh, by by the PE teachers. Mm. And um, so much so, when I left the school, I um, I left. I gave the school a trophy, uh, which was basically uh, rewarding the girl who tried the hardest in sport. Because there were heaps of awards for for girls who did who. You know, yeah, who scored the goals. Who scored yeah. the goals. And, you know, we had these things called colours. I don't know if they still exist. And every year those would be awarded and you'd sew them onto your game skirt. Oh, wow. Um, same kids every year that got them. Yeah. Um, and I just felt that that was really unfair. And mm. so I left a um, a trophy that's that's still awarded today um, wow. to, the, to the girl that's tried the hardest. And, yeah. um, and I think that stayed with me for mm. my for my whole life and that definitely feeds into the work I'm doing with this mum runs because about 60% of our community are the girls who like my friends at school or the girls who really didn't identify as being sporty and were just completely ignored um, when it came when it came to PE and then have spent their whole adult life inactive and I wouldn't I mean wouldn't it be lovely if girls at that age and it's such a just a, a traumatic age you know you're kind of mid-teens yeah but if if girls were kind of um included in sport but in a non-competitive way and I know that there's a bit of a backlash about the non-competitive thing like giving prizes for the person that comes last or yeah or giving prizes to everybody and I've heard people particularly a generation older than me being a bit disparaging of this nonsense of you know taking away competition taking away the competition and I, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not suggesting we take away competitiveness but also mm. that there will be some other form because the, the sports that I liked as a teenager were running and swimming which are essentially solitary pursuits and definitely not team well I mean they can they can be yeah you can do it as part of a team I guess um, but you're essentially on your own aren't you yeah and um, I just, I'd, I'd love the idea of to, to kind of introduce that to girls at that age, mm. to introduce the feeling of it. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, that's been, I think that's, that's been one of the most interesting things about this one runs is that we, so when we first started, I, I really wanted to understand that what are the things that are actually stopping people joining mm. and what are the things that are stopping women from coming along? And um, there were, yeah, there were practical barriers of time. You know, we're all busy. We're trying to fit it in. We're, we're doing all the stuff with the kids, but mm. actually, it was more the emotional barriers and fear of being slowest, last, looking silly. That yeah. was the biggest thing. And so, we've developed this whole philosophy, which is: Do you know what? If you just if running is just about making you feel a bit better, making you feel happier, yeah. making you feel a bit healthier, <clears throat> then we can all do it. And and also, if we forget about what's on our watch and you know any any kind of technology really just think about how like when you're on a run thinking about how it feels and if it feels a bit yucky which sometimes it does mm. slow down a bit or walk for a bit doesn't matter yeah and that's really quite radical for some people yes they're, they're walking like, what? walking what? Like when you run yeah what? i know it is um it? so that feeling that kind of philosophy that's all based on running to how you feel because mm. of how it makes you feel is is absolutely everything to us and um 
certainly something I think um, uh, schools can benefit from. And actually, we um, I, I was a bit late coming home from the school run this morning because I was talking to one of the mums. Uh, my, so my, my son's five and I was talking to one of the mums um, from his class who's, who've got two twin girls who were five. Oh, Christ. <laughs> and um, they went to an after-school club uh, last week for football. Mm. They were the only two girls. And um, they came home in tears. No. Um, because all the boys are, they're already, they're already playing a bit of football. Mm. And um, the session was made around, um, they basically threw them straight into a game, which is crazy in itself. And so the boys are all kind of kicking and, and you know, running. And mm. the two girls, just, they've never played football. They, they, they don't have the basic skills. I mean, who, they're five years old. Mm. And so they were made to feel like they couldn't do it. And so instead of making that session fun and inclusive, that's such a missed opportunity, isn't mm. it? To kind of, to, to bring more girls into to the sport from that age. Yeah. So that's, that's, um, that's something I'm, I'm working on. Um, both, both with kids at primary school age, but also girls when they get into teenage, mm. teenage years. And I mean, that's a whole different ball game, isn't it? And they're a whole different ball game. But then it also, it's, I mean, it's, about because of the women that both of us work with, it's kind of educating women of our generation to educate their daughters, kind of, yeah. you know, or to, to kind of persuade their daughters that... Um... I, that's why I think the work we're doing with mums is so important, because mm. actually, if so if, if mums are active, their daughters are 80% more likely to be active as yeah. well. I mean, that's massive, isn't it? It's, it's, I think it's it's absolutely huge. I mean, I I have a son. My son is six, and he's not a, a team sport player. Just just as I wasn't. That doesn't mean that he won't be. But mm. at the moment, he's not. Um, but he has been very interested in my running. Mm. So we've done a couple of junior park runs. Yeah. Um, but that makes him feel exhausted. So he's he's stopped and has still quite it. far off two k, isn't it? Two k is still yeah. He still would prefer to just stay in and play computer games and chat. Um, but that's him. <laughs> But my daughter, who's four, almost five, she's desperate to do park run. And I'd, I'd kind of not done it with her because I thought, oh, she's too little and yeah. everything. But she keeps on seeing me do it and she's yeah. desperate to do it. That's amazing. So, fine. Okay. Take fine. her and do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Even if we have to skip round. Yeah. Be be, what, what she'll do, this is what my daughter <clears> did <throat> my first time taking her, is that she'll be totally overexcited. She'll sprint off. Yeah. And mm. after about 10 metres, she'll feel like she's dying. And so then she'll start crying. And then you'll spend the next couple hundred metres just cajoling. Yeah. So, so the thing I work on with, so that when I, so I do junior park run with my kids and um, I run, my daughter's nine, so she could do it on her own, but we still run it together. And I just talk to her all the way around about listening to how she's feeling. Yeah. And starting to recognise in herself when it feels too much and just slow down. And the goal, the goal with her now is always just to stay, to, to keep running the whole 2K. Even if that's, even if she's getting slower every week. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, she's actually getting faster every week by doing this, but that, it's not really about that. It's yeah. more, how do we, um, how do we keep her going? Yeah. Um, and, and how do we, how do I help her to um, just um, do it in the way that it's enjoyable to her? Yeah. So it doesn't feel hideous because it feels hideous. She's not going to want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you might be able to hear Mel's dishwasher in the background. <laughs> I don't know why that suddenly started. <laughs> it's not even 
on. Oh, oh. it's having a think about things. <laughs> it's reminding me that I've forgotten to do the washing up. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, what I was going to ask about was because because this is only five years old. Yeah. But it seems to have gathered an enormous amount of pace. You've yeah. got such a huge following. And you said it's a global It's audience. global, yeah. So we, I mean, one of the, that's actually been, it's been a, a blessing and a curse in some ways because mm. um, there's been so much interest um, in our online community, but particularly in our offline community because that's mm. really what we're about. It's, um, ha- it's creating these really amazing networks of mums, hyper-local networks so mm. that, women have got local women to run with and to connect with and um, build relationships with and get support from. Um, and it's what we're doing no one's really done before. Um, so um, it's it brings with it a lot of challenges because we we really care about the experience we're giving women when they turn up because, yeah. of, because so many of the women who turn up um, to our runs are, haven't done the exercise for a long time. Or the last time they did had such a bad experience. We obsess about that experience. We give them when they, when they turn up, mm. and um, and and scaling doing that at scale is really hard. So I guess so, must, I mean, there must be such an enormous amount of trust in the women that you hire, yeah, to ensure that they're giving the experience that you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're amazing. We um, so we uh, we we've got a team of nearly four hundred uh, volunteers that we call Run Angels. Mm. And um, they, they at the moment, they deliver runs from nearly 50 locations around the UK um, that supports thousands of women every single, mo- every single month. Um, and we, uh, we recruit those run angels really carefully. So there's now, there's now a process that they go through. Yeah. Um, because we're really looking for women who are in it for the right reasons. Are they trained as well? So they're trained as yeah. well. So in the early days, this will make you laugh, we... Um, we we used to do the training um, face-to-face and we'd trek around the country in my car and I'd literally have to unplug my TV from my lounge and put that in the boot of my car and um, we'd trek around to different venues and these women would turn up and we would deliver a day of training. Oh, my God. It was awesome. It was awesome. Mm. Like we we learned a lot from it um, and every time we did it, we did it slightly better. We, we learned something each time and then um obviously you can't scale that yeah so we we took all the learnings from the face-to-face training and we built that into a e-learning platform which we've also just won an award for actually which we're really super proud of congratulations yeah so joe and my team has been responsible for that um that's been such a labor of love and she actually she started uh she was involved with tmr uh, as a volunteer for two years but supporting me to develop that training. Mm. And then as soon as I was able to afford to, she came on board as my first member of staff. So when did she come on board? She's been with us formally for 12 months. And her job, so she's head of people, and her job is to manage our volunteers. That's a good title. Isn't it right? I want want a title like that. And she's, and you can imagine a better person as well. She's awesome. And um, so she, her... You know, it's her work creating that e-learning platform, mm-hmm. and um, which means we can we can train our angels yeah. much faster. Uh, but what what's brilliant about the training is there's you know there's practical stuff in there. So we show them how to do a warm up and a cool down, and mm-hmm. 
how you keep a group together and that sort of stuff. But there's loads of content in there to help them understand the psychology of the women who turn up and how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And there's um, some brilliant videos from from women who've been supported through these home runs. So loads of kind of impact. So they see the impact of the stuff they're going to do. So they actually they understand their value in in what their value in what we're delivering it's yeah. really all about them um so so yeah so once they've completed that training they um they become an angel and then they have to leave three runs with us until they get their wings oh my god it's like being a midwife i know <laughs> and then they get a t-shirt with some wings so the i've seen the t-shirt it's yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah so it's um it's quite involved and it's taken and you, you kind of think oh we're just organizing a few runs every week well actually we're running thousands of runs every month yeah. and, um, and so how many are you training up a well month or a year, uh, well we've um, <clears throat> we've we had some funding from facebook last year because we uh we were recognized by facebook as being one of the top 100 most influential communities in the world yes yeah, so quite amazing exciting, yeah. which is amazing which brought with it some funding and um that and the funding had to be used to um, connect people in real life. So, so for us, that meant being able to offer more runs in more places. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we over the last year, we've trained probably two hundred and fifty uh, volunteers with that funding. Where and where are they? So there. So that's been some of the, some in Bristol um, and London, but we also launched into Cardiff. Um, yeah. So there was 50 or 61 angels in Cardiff. Um, and we look, we've launched into eight locations uh, working with the military mum community. Yes, I was going to ask yeah, you about that. I did read about that. That's brilliant. It, yeah. I mean, it kind of, it, it was an opportunity that came to us. So there was a mum in our, in our, who was part of our wider community that approached us and said, look, you know, being a military mum, it's really hard. Yeah, it must be incredibly isolated. Yeah. And yeah. I hadn't really thought about it until we we spoke with Roz, but you know they move house every two years mm. so every two years they've got to resettle their kids find new schools nurseries whatever um make a new bunch of friends um you know embed themselves in that new community again and then they move again in yeah. another two years and it's and it's you know on and on and on so there's much higher rates of postnatal depression for military mums wow so uh, we were like, of course, we want to support you. And um, so she came on board and um, she's been absolutely amazing. And yeah. um, with her support, we've trained a bunch of, of um, military mums as run angels. And yeah, they're running from eight locations. And, and to be honest, we could be on every base in the country. That's the, that's what the need is. Um, it's just it's just having the funding to recruit and train the angels and kick them out. Yeah. So what um, are your ambitions then? Um, so... I mean, they're pretty humble. <laughs> we we uh, so we we want to have this one runs communities in real life communities in every town and city in the world. That's quite pretty humble. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> humble. Um, but so you said you're global already. Yeah, so we're global already. And which countries are you um, active in? Well, it's an interesting question because we uh, so we've we also sell merchandise and so we've shipped mm. our our products to 31 countries it's far and wide india singapore um parts of africa um south america uh north america canada australia new zealand 
across okay. Europe. Yeah. I know. Um, and, you know, all of these women are saying, please, will you come? Please, will you bring this mum runs yeah. to us? And so we're um, one of the really exciting things that's happening next year is that we're launching an app, this mum runs app, at the start of 2020. And um, the purpose of the app is to um, be able to uh, take the This Mum Runs experience to any woman anywhere in the world um, and enable us to start to achieve this global reach much more quickly than we could if we were just focused on uh, rolling out our, our communities in the way that we do now. Yeah. Um, so the app initially is a, it's a programme called Run 30 and it's for women who... A bit like me had you know either completely dropped out of exercise or haven't exercised for a long time or ever that just gets them started to mm-hmm. run from zero to 30 minutes um and then one of the opportunities when they finish the 30 minutes will be to train as a run angel oh, I um, see. yeah and then we'll support them with our methodology to launch community in wherever they are and um we're trialing it at the moment we're doing a soft launch of the app um using a virtual community on Facebook. And so I'm coaching at the moment a group of women from, so there's a woman in India, Singapore, a couple in New Zealand, one in Tasmania, a couple in Scandinavia. That's amazing. And it's mind-blowing because you see them, so they're following a programme that I give them, but the really amazing thing is the way that they've bonded as a community and so they come you, you can see the time zones so you yeah. see the kiwis come online and they do their they'll post their runs or whatever mm-hmm. and then over the course of the day you'll see posts from different time zones so you'll see them come across europe and then at the end of the day you'll see the americans come online saying yeah. hey i've just done my run and it was awful or it was great whatever and the, just the way they're supporting each other is, is amazing but also what's really fascinating for me is that the issues that mums tell us they have in this country mm are exactly the same they're exactly the same wherever wherever mums are they're the universal global challenges of time um childcare, juggling work and then all the emotional barriers as well are exactly the same they're exactly yeah the same. it's cross class as well as cross country totally it? is um, it totally is yeah. so um so the, the the group that we're running at the moment is just the start and then early next year we'll launch the app and then we'll see where it goes but um the, the the goal in terms of the community is in the next three years to grow it to one and a half million mums worldwide. Well, totally You'll do that in a couple of weeks, surely. Maybe. Hopefully. You've grown it so far. Yeah, I think that's we'll amazing. Yeah. And meanwhile, what about, um, I wanted to ask you about your running because that's very important too. So. Yeah. I mean, that's been the deepest irony of all, isn't it? That, you know, I, I started this because I'd stopped running <laughs> And um, I now so busy that I I really struggled to fit my running in. Oh, so, no. <laughs> um, and also to be to be honest, I've um, since my surgery, I've been much more prone to other injuries. So, is it because you are kind of hyper aware, or no? I just think I just think my body's imbalanced mm. now, and um, so uh, a couple of years, let's put maybe last year, a couple of years ago, I had tendonitis in my knee took six months of like daily rehab then I got that tendonitis in my ankle Mm. and so so basically if I try to if I try and push myself beyond 10k Mm -hmm. unless I do it excruciatingly slowly then I end up with some kind of injury that knocks me out for a few months so I I kind of I've approached 
my running the last couple of years from a perspective of if I manage to get out and I do it and I enjoy it, then I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been doing a lot of 10Ks and I do um, I do loads of off-road and trail. That's my... That's my really helps, doesn't my, it? I love it. Well, A, I love it. Mm. Um, it, it, it. Trail running is, I think, the ultimate leveller because you can go and do the same route a million times and it will be entirely different each time you do it. And you can't yeah. have any expectation around how fast you're going to do it in because... The conditions will be different. Mm. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. And also if you're prone to injuries, it's it's brilliant. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think it's that's something we really try and push in the magazine. But we're, we're trying not to kind of have an agenda because everyone runs different. You know, mm. lots of people love road. I love road. Um, but trail, I mean, I remember going on a track, like doing a trail. I did a, it was a 21 miler in about March or April this year. And I have a constant calf niggle yeah. and it's over 10K, constant calf niggle, <clears throat> usual thing. And it just pops, you know, um, but I didn't feel it at all on this trail run. Nothing. I mean, my bum was killing me when I got back. Yeah. Nothing prepared me for not. It's like, hello, Clutes. Yeah. There you are. <laughs> oh God, the hills, the hills. The yeah. elevation was amazing. Um, but it was just, there was, yeah, to have, to not have my calf go That's massive, felt huge. Yeah. Whereas now, yeah, I have to think about form all mm, the time. When you're on the, road. on the road. Yeah. Same. And, um, yeah, so I, I very rarely enter, will enter a road race mm. now. If I think about all the things I've entered, they're all off road. Are they? Yeah. And, uh, I also do quite a lot of coastal trails oh things. lovely yeah but isn't that slightly off off kilter because it, it's off kilter but it's, it's um have you ever done any no it's, not coastal ones no. it's um it's completely different to any other kind of running because you because because of the terrain and the danger and you know it's extremely rocky and yeah. um very technical yeah and so it you have to concentrate the entire time and you're and you're constantly looking eight or nine steps ahead, thinking where like where am I going to put my feet? Mm. And it's like a skill you have to learn how to do it. Yeah. And I really like the challenge of that. And um, yeah, I just absolutely love it. So I've got a few of those coming up, and I'm constantly trying to persuade people to to come along with me because it's just it's it's so enjoyable, and um, you just you it blows away the cobwebs and. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. I must admit, when we when we were interviewing some of the amazing women that we have in the magazine and things they've done, kind of, um, you know, fell running and trail running and sky running and you know stuff like that, where yeah, you really, really have to consider where you're placing yeah. your feet, and a lot of the injuries can happen on the way down rather than the yeah. way up, can't they? And, yeah. Um, I, the, my very first experience of doing it, um, I, I did a so it was a endurance life coastal half marathon in devon and um i, t- I pulled a face then i, I know it sounds hideous <laughs> endurance but, um, life yeah i know it kind of <laughs> d- definitely does what it says on the tin but i so i'd done loads of training i'd done loads of i'd done loads of miles i'd done i'd done quite a lot of off-road mm. um not as much as i do now but a lot of miles and um so physically i was very prepared um and then I got there and someone had said to me, you need to set off really quickly because otherwise you get stuck. It's with a lot of runs like this, there are, there are really narrow parts where if, you, if you're not careful, you get stuck in a bottleneck and you could be like for half an hour, you could be walking because it's, it's so squashed. So someone had said to me, make sure you get near the front. Yeah. 
So <laughs> this is like Bath Park Run people. <laughs> yes. So I, yeah. So I I started way too fast, and with in in total shock at the terrain because I wasn't prepared for it at all. Mm. And so something weird happened in my body, and I about halfway round I started feeling a bit weird, and I stopped, and I took my pulse, and I couldn't feel my pulse. And I was like, my God. I, Literally, I'm actually dead. I actually had the thought, am I dead? (laughs) Am I dead? (laughs) And then one of my friends came up behind me. He was like, are you okay? And I said, I think I'm dead, Rich. (laughs) So he took my pulse and he said, it's very weak. (gasps) And so I don't know what had happened. Um, Just overwhelm, the adrenaline. Yeah. Just the sheer physicality of it. And um, he just, he basically had to run the rest of the race holding my hand to get me to the end. It was... It was so intense and um, it's never been like that since because I'm more prepared and I don't mm. go off crazy pace and and I, just, and I know what to expect now with the terrain. But that was my first experience of it because it's... And it's, you went back to it even though I, you died en route. I actually died. <laughs> I've done another one where uh, I, mean, I think this one was in the Gower and I was running and it was really, it was really rainy and windy and my contact lens blew out of my eyes. Oh, there was a, no. there was a side wind <gasps> and my contact lens blew out. Oh yeah, that's not good. But apart from that, I love it. We're twins though. Asthmatic, short-sighted yep. twins. I am so with <laughs> we you. We are twins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think you can run better than I can. But, um, so um, and before we started talking about all of it, before I even turned on the recorder, we were talking about food, yeah, um, which is a real passion of mine. And mm. I know we have um, we have a thing because we have children who are tricky to feed. Yeah. Um, so, like, I know I've asked you the questions before, but it's it's just interesting. I mean, how do you feel because you've got all sorts of I've got loads allergies. Of allergies. Yeah. yeah. So, um, how does that work? It's it it takes a lot of thinking about. Um, so, so I cook all my food from scratch. What are your um, allergies? Oh, blimey. Um, <laughs> so nuts, pulses, peas, beans, carrots, uh, um, palm oil, which is a new level of hell because it's in everything. It's in everything. It's in everything. Mm. Um, so the sort Mind of... Mind you, you're ethically a better person for not having it. I do feel... I, I am, exactly. Mm. Um... But it is shocking how much is how, how many foods it's in, including from brands that you'd think would be quite ethical. It's literally yeah. everything. Um, so I have to make everything from scratch. And also in a race, I can't eat the snacks en route or things sure. that organisers will give you. Um, so I have to carry all my own snacks often mm. that I've made myself. It's just it just takes a lot of thinking about and a lot of preparation. Yeah. And I um I actually did a swim, a 10K swim last last summer, which was insane. Mm. Um and uh there were two fuel stations. Obviously I'm swimming so I can't it's actually quite hard to carry all my own yeah. snacks. And there were two fuel stations and I stopped at the fuel station. And I told them about my nut allergy. Mm. I'd given them my snacks, but it was chaos. When I got to the, mm. the the feeding stations, there were two just like floating pontoons with swimmers kind of hanging onto them and opening their mouths like little birds and food being <laughs> thrown into them. And um, I got there. No one knew where my snacks were. They had, um, and then they they had bars that had peanut butter in, and even even the water bottles they were kind of handing to the swimmers, and the swimmers were having a bit and then putting them back. So I couldn't even. 
I couldn't even drink from the water bottles because if oh, they'd eaten a God. peanut butter... Yeah, and then put... Yeah, yes, absolutely. So I ended up having to do the whole swim. I mean, I was I, I had really bad seasickness anyway, so I was struggling with fuel. But even if I'd wanted to, I couldn't have taken the snacks or the water mm. because of the because of the allergies. Not ideal. Not ideal. So it's, it's you know, it's challenging. It's one yeah. of those silent things that no one knows can see you know when you're when you're in a race but mm. it definitely it, it definitely adds another dimension that's for sure you set up this one runs five years ago mm. you are reaching incredible levels of success um has anything stopped in your tracks has there been any bad moments on the way uh, oh my goodness i mean it's so many <laughs> How long have you got? <laughs> um, I, I actually, at one point, started a little Instagram feed for exactly this because I just thought, you know, social media just shows one side of how things are, doesn't it? Yeah. And um, the reality is completely different. And um, it, honestly, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And, um, you know, I've had demanding jobs um, where, you know, I've travelled the world and presented lots of people and been responsible for really large budgets and this blows it out of the water. It's relentlessly hard work. Um, the you know the the biggest challenge always is cash. You know, it's, it, you think what, what we're offering is an online community and free runs. Maybe it, you know it doesn't take a lot of money. Actually, it does. Mm. And so there's constantly pressure to um, raise money, funding, investment. Pretty much every year for the last five years, that, that's been part of. That's been part of the process, and in the beginning, I'd never done that before. So, you know, I'd have to go and I'd have to go and present to a bunch of investors. Never, I'd never stood in front of a bunch of investors before. Um, there was one particular occasion where um, I had three minutes to pitch. Three minutes. I mean, imagine actually selling your organisation in three minutes. I've heard about those. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I'd learnt it. Um, I inflicted the pitch on my kids about a million times and uh, I'd even gone into the park and practiced it on complete strangers because it really this was a massive fear for me yeah and um, I stood up I started speaking and I got brain freeze <gasps> total brain freeze literally my head was empty oh um, and then I managed to recover it started again then I got brain freeze again so that was quite a moment. What did so, you do? I got the money. I got the money. Though. Oh my god! <laughs> Somehow, the stuff I managed to get out of my mouth did okay. But, yeah. Um, it, it was terrifying. It was horrendous. Um, so you know that's that's really really tough. Um, in fact, we're going through. We're we're just going through a funding another funding round now. It's in a, last summer I did as well. So it's you know, no one really sees that side of it. Mm. You know the relentless. You know you're just constantly pitching. To, to constantly raise funds, constantly pitching, yeah. constantly pitching, um, which which yeah, like is that it, I'm comfortable doing it now, but in the beginning, it's very very out of my comfort zone. Mm. Um, I think also we've, you know, we're. I didn't know when I started this. I didn't set out to grow grow a community and um, have runs in fifty different locations. I set out to like, meet a few mates. In my local park, I go for a run, and so 
you know, learning how to do that is, has been has been really challenging. And actually, I've just been part of this program with Facebook, and they flew us out to the states, and um, they um, there was a hundred of us from sixty countries. And in the first the first session, they um, one of the things they were trying to help us do was communicate our impact. So a lot, you know, all of all of the communities that were, that were there had social impact. Um, so Facebook wanted to help us to communicate that better, and by and the part of the process was being able to tell our own personal story. Yeah, and um, so we sat in a room. I didn't know these people, and they were asking us to share our deepest vulnerabilities. I guess. Oh God, yes, Brit. All the Brits, all the Brits were like, "Oh, oh God, that sounds like therapy." Oh, don't make me do this. Please don't make me do this. Yeah. Um, whereas all the Americans are like. <clears throat> This is me, <laughs> literally sharing for an hour and a half and crying. And all the Asians are like, "What is this? Oh what this is this? Is just out of our?" Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we I had to do it, and you know, it was sharing stuff that none of us would probably share outside that room. Mm. But um, that was very, very difficult and very challenging. But it's been part of my journey as community leader, where you know, you learn that. You know, for people to to be engaged in your community and to share their stories, you have to do the same thing. Yeah. So it's like being a counsellor. It's a little bit yeah. like being a counsellor. Yeah. So yeah, that's been quite challenging. Um, but I think I think overall, I mean, there's many, many, many challenges every single week. But I think the overriding thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is that we're making a difference to every every single woman that's in our community. And so mm. I think when you've got that overriding purpose, it sounds a bit worthy. No. When, you, when you've got purpose yeah. and a, a reason for doing something, however, for me anyway, however hard it gets, there's absolutely no way I'd quit. Yeah. Um, and I think my sport background actually has helped a little bit with that as well because you win and you lose and sometimes it's tough and you, you just, I'm just used to, to dealing with, with that and the disappointments and the, and sometimes things not going quite my way. Yeah. But the, having that overriding purpose and wanting to, um, support women you know wherever they are mm-hmm. just keeps me going basically so i was gonna um i wanted to ask you because we've i know that we we have a person in common don't we um because i know someone that joined this one runs a long time ago but um i wanted to ask you um what your favorite story is of the women that have joined this one runs do you have a, a story that springs to mind of a woman who has kind of transformed her life or because <clears throat> um, there must be so many of them yeah i mean it's it it's quite overwhelming at mm. times actually when because you know one of the great things about the community is people sharing their stories but also one of the hard things is people sharing their stories because yeah. when you're an empathetic person you, you then absorb all of that I'm constantly <laughs> weeping yeah, yeah. This kind of, i literally am my, my, my daughter's like mommy you cry <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there are thousands, but um, which is one of the things that makes it so amazing. Mm. Um, I, I often talk about um, a, woman, a woman in our community called Claire, and she uh, was really overweight. She was the kid at school that was not sporty. And um, she, her kids, she's got two daughters, her kids were being picked on because she was overweight. Mm. So they were calling, they were, these were kind of bullies, I guess, were, were um, calling her names to her daughters. 
Um, and when she heard that was happening, she, we can imagine yeah. how she felt about that. Yeah. And so she just set out to not only comp- completely transform her own life, but also to make sure that the the cycle of kind of weight gain and weight loss and inactivity did not happen to her kids. Yeah. And um, so she started on um, begin a running program with us. And then, and I really clearly remember Claire, I remember being on a run in her very, very, this was probably four years ago, mm. three years ago. I remember being on a run with her and her, she was the, was the slowest in the group. And I remember how painful she found that um, and, and encouraging her and saying that Look, this doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, everyone's going to loop with you and stay with you. And it doesn't matter who's the slowest or the fastest. And yeah. I really, really clearly remember that. And um, anyway, she then went on to become a run angel. So she was running regularly and, um, and and since then, she's completed half marathons. She's completed triathlons. Oh my god! Regularly does triathlons. <laughs> That's um, hardcore. <laughs> hardcore. She's hardcore. Mm. Her her daughters. I mean, her daughters were quite active. They go to a school which is they go to an all girls school, and they they embrace but the PE is really well delivered but mm. they, they go orienteering as a family they they go away for weekends and, and enter events together yeah so it's um, transformed her life it's transformed her life and it's transformed their family's life because of the things they now do together yeah and her daughters will go and watch her in triathlons and you know she takes them to hockey matches and it's 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 now it's just part of their family the fabric of their family yeah from being someone that was had long term inactive, and um, she wrote, she write in fact she's published a book about her. Oh really? Experiences. Yeah. So what's, it, it, what's it called? It's called Chunky Runner. <laughs> uh, and she's got a really great blog as well. So she yeah. shares, you know, she writes about it. She's got a lot of quite famous followers actually. Um, so she's just been to, and done the Great North Run with Nell McAndrew. Wow. How cool is that? That is really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And just testament to yeah. the power of running, but the power of community. Yeah. It's just enjoying it and yeah, and supporting exactly. and nurturing each other. And Taking pleasure in, you know, other people's achievements. Yeah. It's so rare these days, isn't it? But Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it is. It's very cool. And I think that's probably a really good place to end. That's this a wrap. Amazing conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Mel. It's a pleasure. That was awesome. It's a pleasure. I'm pretty sure that won't be the last time we speak to Mel on this podcast. There's so much more to talk about. And I'm sure she's dreaming up the next way she can support women to run whenever and wherever they can. I hope you enjoyed our little pod. There are more on the way. We will be chatting to runners you know and runners you don't know but all of them are awesome women and all of them will keep you entertained as you run. At Women's Running, we want to inspire you to run, whether you've never run before or you're training for your fifth ultramarathon. We think that women who run need a space for themselves and we want to be that. Every month we talk all things running and all things women, from training plans for specific distances to interviews with incredible runners, ideas on how to improve your running and remain injury-free, to delicious recipes to fuel your running and tons of advice on women's health. 
The easiest way to get hold of a copy is to go to our online shop at shop.womensrunning.co.uk or you could get it delivered direct to your door or to your inbox every month by subscribing. You can buy the digital edition at pocketmags.com or download the app to your phone or tablet through your app store. For all the different ways to read the magazine, go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk. Do join us. We would love to have you with us. Happy running. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.